Welcome back to Money with Mac and G. Thanks for being here. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Or check out the Edge Accounting YouTube channel just for fun. The last three weeks were a little bit insane. I finally got cleared of my shoulder injury and pickleball. Yes, pickleball sent me to urgent care for a broken bone in my foot. We were playing with the neighbors who were slightly more mature than I. So I was the youngster who was a bit overzealous and chipped my foot. They are simply wonderful people, though, with a great view on life, but accidents happen, and I'm quite grateful to see them around the neighborhood with a positive attitude and energy for life. They know who they are, and they were wonderful about the whole experience, even though it had nothing to do with them. Anyway, the kids have been preparing for their return to school, but not a return to any school, a massive change in every sense of the word. They were going to a private school of about 60 per class in eighth grade to the largest high school in the state, which has about 1,400 per class. But the school is ranked very high in graduation rates, SAT, ACT scores, and more. Exposure to a diverse group of individuals is always positive because that's the world we live in. As we stop paying tuition, though, due to the move to public school, there are lots of financial changes. We don't have to personally drive the kids to school, less gas, because there is a bus. School books, fees, the tuition, this charge, that charge, and more opens up a lot of options. Yay! It was a choice we made for private schools, just like others that we make, uh, which are financially based. Interestingly enough, research shows when the economy weakens, those who have more financial resources double down on education and those who don't will cut. Some people choose to not have kids. Cha-ching! That's a financial decision, too. Some choose to only cook at home or to go to Goodwill to buy their clothes when they don't need to. I had an aunt who did that, and she took the brunt of a number of jokes. But I have to tell you, I have a feeling she laughed all the way to the bank. The point is, is that everyone leads their life differently, and those decisions take us in different directions. Sometimes those decisions are hard to unwind, other times pretty easy. So, I had a close friend send me an article from CNBC about a couple's stupid, simple money rules to retire quickly. And, as they mention in the, the title, they weren't born rich. I could definitely relate to some of their advice, so I thought I'd share. Hey, I spent decades learning about money, and I'm not overconfident or egotistical to admit that I know everything, so I love to share in order to continue to learn from those who made it happen. A rule or two may not work for me out of this article, but there are some common themes, and there are always a little bit of wisdom and truth in them. So, this couple starts out by mentioning that they were able to retire in their early to mid-30s because they were able to save over a million dollars with the help of some appreciation from the market. We've talked about owning a business and how this is one of the best ways if you really want to build long-standing true wealth. But they wanted to retire and just get out of the rat race. So, no inheritance, no business, and no rich parents. As they put it, they did it the old-fashioned way by working hard and making strategic financial moves. Okay, I'm not sure if these are listed in priority, but let's go ahead and jump in. The first was a statement that they ignored the advice we commonly give about following your passion. If the quote is right, Mark Twain said, find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never have to work another day in your life. What a fantastic quote. I've read many books about how the motivation that comes from doing something that you love gets you out of bed in the morning. You can't deny that would be pretty cool. It may not be as common as we like, but their advice is to build on your strengths when making a career decision and not on your passion. 
If you read our website, you'll know my mother said you could be anything you wanted as long as you were one of these five things, a doctor, lawyer, engineer, nurse, or an accountant, since she believed her job was to give us the tools to get a job. And to do that, we could earn a credential with one of those five. And so we could feed ourselves solid stuff. I was good at numbers. So I started in engineering. The thing was, is I needed some money early on in my career at college, so I started a t-shirt company and it ended up in accounting because a business seemed to be more interesting. But for our authors of this article, they took computer science because that was their strength and they leveraged that to double their salary in a little over a decade. Remember what rule number one is for personal finance? You have to make more than you spend. So your earning potential needs to be solid. That's something we can all relate to. So I'd say we got some truth in this one for sure. My parents always said to feed yourself first and then you can pay for your passion or hobby later. My job did pay for travel that included scuba diving the Great Barrier Reef, baguettes and cheese in Paris, safari in Africa, and many other fun experiences because travel was a hobby. How about learning from people who made it big, like other millionaires? This couple learned from them instead of being jealous and found that friends who were successful at work arrived early, drove six-year-old Hondas, wore cheap Casio watches, and skipped the designer clothes. Part of the reason for doing the podcast is to share, as having a mentor is a huge deal, or at least someone who can help you learn even by watching them. If you can put your ego aside, pick up a pen or pencil, you might as well take a few notes. If you're going to make it, you have to be around other successful people. And as they say in this article, it's time to cut the losers from your life. I don't think anyone in professional baseball, football, basketball, or other sport made it because they always hung around or hung out with people who were at a level that was much lower than their own. They had to be pushed to be better, or they had to be shown what it took to be playing at that higher level. What do you think elite athletes talk about? I bet you they're always talking about how they get better. Workouts, food, drills, health, and more. So, cut the losers. It also means cutting down on the alcohol a little bit, too, because it slows you down and makes you spend more money. It's fun to go to a bar. I get it. It's a social outlet. However, bars are super expensive, so they recommend just cutting it out of your life. I know we've all looked at a credit card charge from a great night out and said, holy cow, did I really spend that much? You can replace cow for whatever word you're thinking, but you have to make trade-offs and realize the financial ramifications. Okay, you've heard this in the podcast, blogs, and videos before. Take advantage of your company's benefits. If you get a match on your 401k, take it. Don't let the free money be wasted. If you have an HSA or FSA, use that as well. How about extra educational benefits? Try to take all of them. Hey, I did my MBA at the University of Chicago and got my company to pay for it. Man, that was six figures. That was a grand slam for me. I'm always shocked by how little attention people give to their benefits, which can literally add 10, 20, 30% or more to their base salary, depending on their package. So don't let it slip away. Automating things is another good piece of advice, but not earth shattering, right? Have you ever missed a credit card payment, electric bill, or mortgage payment? You have a much bigger chance if you aren't automated. Yes, for some of us, we can't give up control. But 
I prefer doing that than losing control when I get hit with fees. Your 401k should also be automated. If you start your payroll, having it removed from the start, you won't even notice it. If you get a raise, automatically increase it. At one company I worked at, you had to opt into the 401k, and they maybe had a 15% participation rate. When they changed it to automatic enrollment and you had to opt out to stop it, they had more than 75% of people participating. That means start it, automate it, and do yourself a favor and grow your nest egg. We have to combine the next two, in my opinion. Ignore the haters and the Joneses. My friend from the gym is very focused on paying off her home and retiring early. Those choices stand out a bit, and people will have comments about your choices. I think they're just jealous. They're not hurting anyone, and they have great control over their spending. I couldn't be happier for her, and she is making great progress. Big star for her. You always have to ignore the Joneses, too. Stay focused on your goals and talk about that often with your spouse. When you don't have much, you think things will make you happy. I get it. I went through the Harley V-Rod, the Rolex watches, the BMW convertible, and the occasional Fratelli Rossetti shoes. I even test drove a convertible Ferrari when I lived in London. Convertible in London? Who really needs to buy a Ferrari in London anyway? The average speed due to traffic is only about 14 miles per hour. The point is we all make stupid financial decisions, but please learn from them for your own good and you'll be happy you did. Communication is another item that they pointed out and they wanted it to be with your spouse on a regular basis about spending because that's a good thing. It keeps you both on track and aligned so there are no hard feelings or misunderstandings. Remember the number one reason for divorce has been shown to be money issues, so it's important and to be honest, it's not always easy. This couple decided to prioritize their health and spend a solid amount of money for a workout area in their home. They got a handle on their eating, and I think the husband lost 70 pounds. I always have to ask the question, if you're saving your money for a good retirement, don't you think taking care of your body is a really big deal? What happens if you retire and you have all kinds of health problems? The money can help pay for health care, but if your body is wrecked and now you're spending your money to cure your health issues, does that make a lot of sense? Is that really the idea that you had when starting your savings plan? Okay, here's another one, and it's a really easy one. Cut the credit card debt. We're pushing about a trillion dollars in the U.S. and the rates are crazy high. Paying them off monthly or working them down is huge. If you can't control yourself, make sure to move to the cash method. And there are also plenty of cards that can help with that. But interest on credit cards for bad debt is just plain bad. This one is a little harder for me to digest, but I completely understand. The husband switched companies five times in 14 years, always getting a pay increase. I get it. For me, starting over was harder with a new company. You had to build a name, meet people, and climb the ranks. But if you can get paid more and it makes sense for you, I'd say go for it. I found this last one particularly interesting. It's labeled as, I always say yes. I found that interesting as I too always liked a new challenge at work. Whenever a boss asked me to do something new, I'd simply jump at the chance. (laughs) I gotta say, I didn't really think about it. I got asked to go to Spain to help run our company over there and had two weeks to decide. 
I was asked to go over to the United Kingdom and was asked on a Thursday and I was packed up and moved on Monday. Four days. Yep, four days. I know that's insane, but it's true. On one occasion, I was asked to take a job in Switzerland and spoke to the head of the region. His name was Mark. I always liked that guy. Smart, straightforward, honest, and just a great guy to work with. He offered me the job for 100000 Yep, 100000 I was going to be rich. I was in. Holy crap. The company is going to more than double my salary. Heck yeah. That's awesome. But a small misunderstanding. When the offer came in, it was 100,000 Swissy. If you don't know what that is, that's Swiss francs. That was about 65,000 US dollars. Hey, it was a 30% increase. It was a win and I was excited. I love the opportunity and I said yes immediately. So it didn't really matter. But are you ready for the kicker? About two months after I took the job, I was moved to something called an expat. That's a fancy way of saying an American working in a foreign country who essentially gets a ton of additional benefits, like being paid in U.S. dollars, money for living expenses, you get paid travel back home, someone gets to do your taxes for you, and much, much more. So instead of a 30% increase in salary, it literally got tripled. Think about that. Say yes if you can to opportunities. It could make all the difference in the world. So the path seems to me to be perseverance, being smart, and luck clearly helps. It helped me. Have you looked around at what you could be doing better or something you could take advantage of? If not, it might be time to do just that. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time for more Money with Mac and G. Bye!